0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of We Should Have Recorded That with Phil and Adam. Hey, Adam.
1: Hey, Phil. It's good to be on Zoom with you from a different location this week.
0: Yeah, we both are in different locations this week.
1: Yes, for those (laughs) of you who are uh, watching and not listening, you see that our backgrounds are... Different than usual for those of yeah. you who are listening and not watching, I assume you cannot see that, so you'll just have to take our word for it.
0: Yes, but well we can we can tell everybody that we are recording in our, uh, in our um, schools at our schools right now. <laughs> so.
1: Yes, Phil, your background looks fantastic.
0: Thank you. Your yours does as well for a choral director, you know.
1: It's. Um there you know it's because I took a lot of stuff home
0: when uh-huh. the pandemic
1: started and uh-huh. it's still in my dining room. When I <laughs> when I finally haul it back to campus, then my office will look like a proper choral conductor's again.
0: Right, right, right. Get your get your yes. books back on the shelf.
1: Yes, exactly. Um and I I apologize if there's extra noise in the background, but my air conditioner is going. It's working today because we're getting up to 79 degrees Fahrenheit.
0: Mm, that's, yeah, that's pretty hot in Rochester. Right and now. for
1: mid September, that's yeah. like a heat wave.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't mind uh, 79 in South Florida right now. What's so. the
1: temperature there?
0: I, I couldn't tell. I mean, let me just look on my phone really quick. See. Uh well it says here we're about seventy nine too it's a pretty cool day See, today cool that's hot <laughs> no, I would te- say <laughs> so we uh, so I I uh, a random um, the first few weeks of school I was like being out there to pick to to welcome the students in I was like sweating like I was, I was like, sweating the first week. it was terrible I was like mm. i I'm gonna to have to bring an extra set of clothes if if the weather keeps going like this mm. because it was so yes. hot. Yes.
1: Well, so. I mean, I think that's really a pride issue, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> you know I, ju- I think you should just let those children see your pit stains. Okay. Wow. <laughs> I had okay. a professor. I won't name him, but when I was a when I was an undergrad, I had a professor who was just more comfortable in his skin than anyone else I've ever known. Um,
0: Uh Uh And
1: that professor, he did not care that just the profuse sweating, (laughs) it did not deter him from just owning the room. And I still aspire to be that kind of person.
0: Mm, yeah, I guess me too. Yes, me too. I yeah. I don't know. I, I think there, there's probably the there can be a deficiency in his emotional. Um, Was it emotion quotient? Emotional quotient? No,
1: that just means that he's very comfortable with himself. I think I, it's something to be admired.
0: Uh, I don't. I will. I don't think I agree with you.
1: Don't t- admire <laughs> profuse sweaters.
0: Um, I don't mind pro- profuse sweaters, but maybe you should think about what's going on. Like, you should look into- <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right. Well, I will say this is this is definitely TMI. Definitely okay. TMI for our podcast <laughs> <Okay. and> our <laughs> listeners. But let me just say, I have two different kinds of deodorant. Okay. On normal days, I wear I, I, I put on like a Tom's all natural organic, no mm. aluminum deodorant mm-hmm. with no antiperspirant qualities. So if it's mm-hmm. like a normal day, today's a normal day. I'm not even wearing a tie today. Um, mm-hmm. Today's a normal day. I, um, that's what I wear, like something that I think is probably healthier for my body. But if it's a if I'm you know traveling or presenting or have have something high pressure that day, I have mm-hmm. a different deodorant that's like the strongest antiperspirant you can get without a prescription because I do not want to take any risks <laughs> of profusely sweating. Uh, so after I have not yet achieved the comfort with myself that my professor had.
0: I I mean we are like we. I, I think this conversation is good. Like this is like guys. Like this is what you are listening for. Like this is the type of conversation you want to listen for. Well, speaking I, of
1: people who enjoy listening to us,
0: right? We, Phil, we should do that.
1: Do you want to read the comment of our mutual dear friend?
0: Let me pull it up, and I can read it.
1: It's really exciting. All right. Well, so why, Phil? While you pull it up, uh huh. I will just say this is. Caitlin Barron, she, mm-hmm. you and I both knew her from Mississippi, right? Um, and so she was one of your fellow students, and and yeah. you were both students of mine at Delta mm-hmm. State University. Mm-hmm. And um, she is just like one of the best people I know. She's a really. Really committed believer in Jesus Christ. Um, she was really involved in Baptist Student Union there at Delta State. Um, mm-hmm. She was beautiful, mezzo-soprano voice, great student. She was, she was, you know, she was a music education major. What would, would have been a great teacher, but after graduation, she decided to become a missionary.
0: Phil, did you know this? Mm. I, I think you you told me while I was in Rochester.
1: Yes, and you know you... where she is working.
0: She's in uh is it Ontario, Canada?
1: Yes. Right. Yes, right. exactly. I think she uh-huh. lives in Mississauga and does a lot of work in Toronto. And uh-huh. I mean uh and you know Phil, that Toronto is one of my favorite cities in the entire world.
0: Yes, you talk about it. Yes. You you yes, like it more than New York.
1: I do. Yeah. It's more <laughs> navigable. It's more it's less it's less uh overwhelming than New York. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and yeah, but, but the first time that I went to Toronto for fun, um, Caitlin was my tour guide. We got to spend a day together. It was terrific.
0: Well, great, yeah. I I mean, I still need to get up to Toronto for sightseeing, but Well, uh, it's
1: not going to happen right now because <laughs> the border is still closed. And it was announced yesterday that it's going to be closed through at least October Twenty first. It was supposed Uh, the the closure was supposed to expire September twenty first, but they just keep moving it back mm -hmm, and back mm -hmm, and back and back. -hmm. Um, So I I, I'm distraught about my lack of access to my favorite
0: place. Hopefully you can get back there soon. Well, let's get to Caitlin's comment. She Caitlin says, "Greetings, hello Adam and Phil. I would like to start with a comment." Uh, Subscribe. I subscribed a while back, so I would make sure that I would not lose the podcast link until I could start listening. And mm. today, I am driving. Uh, I'm driving to go on holiday, and I decided to start the pod- podcast. Pause. Guys
1: Pause. Wait just a second, <laughs> uh-huh. Caitlin. I love that you have become a Canadian, and instead of saying I am driving to go on vacation, you say I am driving to go on holiday. <laughs> Pretty soon, you're going to start saying, I'm going on a holiday, eh? Sorry about that. Sorry. Continue, Phil.
0: Yeah, I had to read that again. But, yeah. So, she's like, guys. And I can hear Kaylin saying this. Guys. Yes. I have, n- I have no clue what the other episode- episodes hold, but I love this. I think about both of you often. And we I think about you, too, Kaylin, often. Mm-hmm. And really. Glad to see you. Hopefully, I can see Ditto. you soon. So it is really special to get to listen to your conversations. It is, ki- it kind of feels like we're back in Delta State, sitting in your office, and she's talking about your office, Adam. Praying for We never both, went to your office. Uh, praying. No? Uh, no, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did have an office. I did have an office, but I I don't I don't think we I don't know if we all had a conversation in my office. Okay, it was uh, considerably
1: smaller than mine.
0: It was. <laughs> I to say I had
1: a nice big office there at Delta State. You did like, with that I window, had that couch from the sixties.
0: Yeah. It was a nice space. It was a ni- that window was very. It was a very welcoming space. You know, looking back, I, looking back I on that.
1: Uh, you have to say I really did downgrade in terms of offices since so <laughs> I now live in the basement.
0: <laughs> right, that's such a. That is it's not as a big of a window. No, it's
1: like up there, and it's like you know. <laughs> I can see a tree back the, Okay, anyway, I'm sorry. Continue reading Caitlin's email. Oh, oh.
0: We just have a few more lines. She just, she's praying for both of us and our family and our teaching. And, uh, and she's going to listen to episode two. So thank you, Caitlin, for emailing us.
1: Caitlin, we're really so glad to hear from you. Thanks for sending in a comment. Phil, how can other people... Comment on our show,
0: yes. So you can find us on Facebook, Instagram at WSRTWPA. Okay, <laughs> all right, we're serp, we're pa, we're serp, we're pa. We we got to get that, we serp, we pa. What's no, I think that's what we serp, we pa because. We want to emphasize that it's with Phil and Adam. All right, so you can find us mm-hmm. there. And then also you can find us on YouTube by our title. We should have recorded that with Phil and Adam. So um, please comment. We we definitely, you know, this is a conversation and we want you all to be a part of this conversation like Kate like Caitlin and Michelle and, and all of the our others, uh, all other people who have commented. So please comment. You know, you can even share. Like, you can just share if we need to fix something, as well. We're open. We're open to all comments.
1: I decided Phil, that I would IPA wasir wapa. How does that look?
0: I can't. It's not in. It's not in focus. So I can't <laughs> I mean, see. So,
1: All right. I'll have to. I'll have to type it out. We can okay. put it in the show notes.
0: Yes. So, sounds good. If we'll you IPA.
1: Want a phonetic guide to Wassert Wapah We'll put it in the show notes.
0: See, I. Using we're, the
1: International Phonetic Alphabet. Are we nerds or what?
0: We, I mean, we are. I think, I, I say this often. I think everyone is a nerd. We're just, they're just nerds at different things, right?
1: I mean, I think everyone who's cool is a nerd
0: at okay. different things. Okay.
1: Okay. I think there are people who genuinely, like, don't care about anything. They're not passionate about anything, Mm -hmm. and that's not cool. Like, find something. (laughs) It doesn't need to be your work. Right. But, like, find something that you can be passionate about. Like, be passionate about your husband or wife. Be passionate about raising your children well. Be passionate, if you don't have a husband or wife or children, be passionate about, you know, coin collecting or, like, Uh, Mm -hmm. Metal detecting. I don't care what it is. Like, find something you can be passionate about. Because if your life has no passion in it, I mean, what a sad state. And yet, I feel like, you know, especially, let me just talk to, like, my emotional insecurities from childhood. I think when I was a high schooler and then whenever I interact with high schoolers, there is this prevailing attitude among a lot of, of adolescents that if to be passionate about something is not cool. Right. And um that just the I the truth nothing could be further from the truth. Yeah. Passionately caring about something, that's like the coolest thing ever. Like even if what you are passionately caring about is what the rest of the world would consider really nerdy, yeah, like the international phonetic alphabet.
0: <laughs> yeah. So
1: maybe we're not nerds. Maybe we're really just very cool.
0: I I would agree with that. I think we're we're pretty cool. Yeah, well, I agree. Well, at least you are. You no, know, we're both cool. I I yeah, we're both cool. I I would also <laughs> like. We are. We, we're both cool. I think that's the thing. <laughs> If we have
1: to say it, do you think that's still true? Oh, yeah. I'm pretty cool, Phil.
0: (laughs) I mean, mean, we're... I I think that it can still be true. We're not, like, tattooing it on our forehead or just, like, you know, we're not... This episode is not about how cool we are, but we're just, Mm. you know... (laughs) What
1: is this episode about?
0: This episode, we are, uh, as we're, you know kind of rambling here, we're going to talk more about um, career trajectory and kind of like what, you know, those type of things in our life. So that's kind of, I, I think, but I think starting with the idea of being passionate is like mm. is, 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 is a good place to start um, because Segway. yes, beautiful that was a beautiful segue because, I mean, you really um, I was thinking about this the other day. I, I see these commercial commercials where this lady asks people, um, "Who went to a job today where you really didn't want to go to it?" Mm. And and she's at she's at the school and she's you know talking to her class. And and while I I kind of get what she's going after, I don't I don't I I, I think the idea that I'm always gonna want to go to work is probably is not true even for people who really love what they do Oh yes oh yeah right yeah we don't always want to go do our job even though we really enjoy what mm-hmm. we're doing and and so like that passion is is different than just okay every morning i want to wake up and go to work
1: yes and you know for me i've always found that those days that I don't feel like going to work mm-hmm. um, it's like almost never at the end of the day am I like oh I should have just stayed home I, I don't understand why I have, they're pretty rare I have to say, usually I'm looking forward to going to work but those days when I don't look forward to going to work I, when I actually get into the midst of doing my work,
0: mm-hmm. I actually
1: I'm just, i Almost uniformly love the work, so yeah. i like i can't understand myself why I have those days where i don't want to go to work, even though mm-hmm. my experience has taught me that if I just mm. get into the office and get with my students
0: and start mm-hmm.
1: making some music, that I will be living my best life now
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I agree with that, yeah, I definitely agree with that when. Um, you know whatever the anxiety is. I mean, I think like that's probably the, the where it, it where it starts. Like we we're anxious for some reason, um, and and I think in this time we have a lot to be anxious about. <laughs> but yes, but but we're ang- we there's some anxiety there. But like you said, when you get into get in get into the rehearsal space or get into the classroom. I mean, yeah, even while you, as you're kind of talking and getting it going, like you realize, man, I, I, I do really enjoy this. And I don't I don't know why I was so anxious. Yeah.
1: Mm, yes, absolutely. Um, so, Phil, we, we gave sort of a brief synopsis of our biographies in our first mm-hmm. couple of episodes. But I think it would be useful if we went back and just shared with our audience um, a little bit more about the actual direction of our careers. You know, the jobs we've mm-hmm. had and um, what we learned from those jobs and what propelled us to go on to the next thing. So do you mm-hmm. want to start?
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll start. I could kind of make this quick. So I, I shared before, I started, I grew up in music. And so, <clears throat> so even from an early age, I was I was very passionate about it. And uh, I think in, in middle and high school, that it was kind of, you know, you in the influences, like, am I mm-hmm. do I really wanna stick with this passion or am I gonna try to fit in? And I kind of, you know, kind of um, wobbled in there, but I still love music. I still participated in choirs. Like I said, Miss Matthews, we had Miss Matthews mm-hmm. on and mm-hmm. other teachers and, and doing music at church was, um, was still, Great for me. Where where I really, <clears throat> I at first I wanted to 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 kind of be behind um, a soundboard like uh, what what we're doing right now. I mm-hmm. went to college the first time I shared this to to do audio and video, per, more audio production. And uh, while I was there, really got in, got involved with our, the gospel choir, and I. And, and I, like I said, I, I really enjoyed making the music more than I enjoyed just being behind the board and and, and capturing it, recording it. And uh, mm-hmm. so um, uh, fast forward, I'm take, taking lessons so that I could get a scholarship to go back to school. Now, I want, I've said, man, I really like music. I think music can help me get money to go back to college. And so let me take some lessons to kind of um, you know to kind of rediscover my voice or my, my mm. piano skills and all those types of things. And I really enjoyed what I was learning and then sharing with sharing it with others And so when I got back in school and um, I was taking I was singing and um, taking other class I was actually studying to be at that time my major was computer science so I was in this mathematics class um, you know, at the first part of the day, and then I was doing choir and stuff in the afternoon. But I was like, I really do like music. I love music. I love mm, music, mm. and I do enjoy teaching it. And at, at the community college, it's now called um, Coastal Alabama with Mr. David Ayres. Maybe we can help. Hopefully, one day we can have him on because that's actually how I um, he suggested I call you at Delta State. I don't. I think I mm. may have told you that. Yes, but. So so that long story short, that is at that at that school. Um and, and I like I said I said shared before, I was actually um, you know, teaching, doing kind of um, um sectionals with the choir there and while I was doing that, the little knowledge that I was that I was taking from my voice lessons and my um as I was sharpening my piano skills again, I was taking that little knowledge and teaching it and trying to help my fellow choir members, and I'm like, I really do enjoy teaching music, so yeah that's how I got there.
1: Mm. that's so good. Tell us about your current job.
0: Oh, yes, right now, I am a general music teacher at um um Miami Shores Presbyterian Church School. I'm teaching grades pre-k through fifth and so I really I, I'm kind of in the middle of like the the developmental the developmental ages and I, I'm really enjoying it like um, I was nervous when I started when I when I preparing for this I was grabbing materials and actually I'm still um, I'm using those materials jump right in we I, yes. I, I, I love Excellent. jump right in and'm um, using the using the um, music play by um, that that is a part of that series for my younger children. And actually, just last week, I, I was walking in the hallway, and I, I shared this earlier today. I was walking in the hallway, hearing students um, um, babble in a like in on one of the tunes that I taught them, and uh, it's just re- it was I'm like man. They're they're singing. They're they it's mm. it's working and uh and so that was really encouraging to for me, like wondering, okay, is it working um yes. this is not this, you know like we one of the things that the the um jump right in is encouraging is music without words, songs without words mm-hmm. and that the whole concept of that was very was i'm like. We we don't do songs without words, right? Right. Yeah. We, don't, we don't. But but uh, like really getting what it, what it what why why we do that, and then seeing it work. Like if when the students are able to just focus on the musical elements, like if they just catch it and they're singing it later, um, it really makes sense. And so um, and it's always really cool for me to, to be in elementary school. Um, and, and trying to get help my students become passionate, more passionate about music.
1: Yes. And Phil, what do you um, what do you think if you were to do something else after this job? We never make any assumptions. Maybe you'll retire from this job, but mm-hmm. let's just dream. What what else? Could you see yourself doing in the future? Where might you want your career to take you?
0: So, I'll just, two things, like very quickly, I think I would still want to teach. I one of the things I'm looking into doing now is uh, also doing more performing. So, performing mm. as a soloist. Uh, also, I would, you know, and as I as I kind of g- gain um, a name as a teacher, maybe even conduct. Um, Choirs and bands, but, and I also, and so something maybe non-musical, I enjoy technology and computers, yeah. and so maybe I would, maybe I would go into that, maybe some type of engineering or computer engineering or something, so.
1: Yeah, you're, you're really good at that stuff.
0: <laughs> I'm trying, I'm trying.
1: You are, you're very good at that stuff.
0: What about, what about you? So look, I guess m- maybe you this time can kind of share how you came to your, to where you are.
1: Um, Okay. Yeah. Well, so after I finished my master's degree, Uh I um, went and taught high school. And I think I knew, uh, I think I knew going in that high school would not be my like where I ended my career, I think I had uh, an idea at that point that I wanted to teach at the university level. Mm. Um, But I also loved teaching high school. And I also, um, I'd never want to be the kind of person who prescribes my own experience Mm. as a mandate for anyone else. But I would say, I think that the person who Aspires to college, university teaching, who never teaches at the the elementary, intermediate, or secondary level, is um, this is I'm speaking specifically of music, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and I'm speaking especially specifically about ensemble directors. Okay, um, mm-hmm. without that experience, uh, I think you really rob yourself. I think mm-hmm. you rob yourself. Of being able to talk to your music education majors about right. the real world, um, mm-hmm. and I think that you rob yourself of really honing your teaching skills. Um, mm-hmm. Often when we get to the college or university level, if we're working with music majors, we're working with students who are already pretty talented, Home, you know like cut your teeth on students who will never be a music major. Cut your teeth on students who are who are not gonna, not gonna, you know, choose music as their livelihood because mm-hmm. those are the students who, um, you know, those are the students who are like really force you to think through sequencing, really force you to right. think through breaking tasks down, task analysis. Mm-hmm. Um, and thirdly, I think a big part of my job is fostering good relationships with the current teachers of my future students Mm. so i need good relationships i desire good relationships with the high school choral directors in my community in my area in my state in surrounding Mm. states Um, and i because those teachers know that i taught middle and high school they I think it, I, I hope that it gives me a, a legitimacy among them. I haven't mm-hmm. spent my entire life in the ivory tower. And I'll just right. acknowledge, um, you know, as a college professor right now, um, the ivory tower is not the real world. I mean, like, my job is not easy, but it is, um, it is, it's. It is much more manageable than public school teaching was um in terms of having more flexibility to plan my own work schedule, um mm-hmm. more time to plan fewer things, which just means that I'm you know going much deeper into my how I teach right now than right. than when I was preparing nine different lesson plans every day um so um yeah, I think. Though uh, my advice to anyone who aspires to teach at the college university level would be you gotta teach you gotta teach eight year olds you gotta teach twelve year olds you gotta teach seventeen year olds first before mm-hmm. you can teach undergrads. Um, so anyway, that's my two cents about that. Um, I probably would have spent a little bit longer teaching high school I spent three years doing that probably would have spent a little bit longer doing it if it weren't for um, the the job my job description changed in my final year mm. of uh, public school teaching um, and I've, I was a pretty decent high school music teacher I was a considerably less effective middle school music teacher um, <laughs> So it was the input, I think it was God. I think it was God saying, mm. "All right, you really you you've you've gotten comfortable here in this job, and you've been successful in it. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna make it less pleasant for you, so that you have an impetus to move on and pursue uh, the next chapter of your journey. Um, so then, doctorate. Um, then. First university teaching position in Mississippi. That's where our, mm-hmm. you and I met, Phil. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know that job was that job was the perfect job for me um, in terms of my teaching responsibilities. I loved mm-hmm. that job. Uh, it was a little. It was. It was probably too many teaching responsibilities. Um, it was. It was a big job. It was uh, so often I felt like a one man show. Um, so that was difficult, but. Gosh, I again. I learned so much. Just like I learned in um, teach by teaching high school and middle school, I learned so much at Delta State. I was forced to learn so much, and it was a safe place for me to make some little mistakes that I, you know, live and learn. Right, you make a mistake mm-hmm. and you don't do that again. Right. Um, so. Um, I, I really enjoyed that. The thing I didn't enjoy was that it was so far away from my family in Pennsylvania. Yeah. So that's yeah. why I took the job here at Robert's and uh, at Robert's Wesleyan college and I love it. Um, so that's been the trajectory of my career um, and I will just say uh, since I asked you about your right. future potential of your future um, you know for me the dream ever since I was an undergrad at a Christian liberal arts college my dream has been to be a professor at a Christian liberal arts college and mm. I know that to many people that seems like a really uh, like a an unambitious dream um, but I think you know to those people who feel that way i'm just going to say first of all i grew up on a dairy farm so like <laughs> doing anything besides dairy farming is this way outside the box dream um you know my horizons were pretty limited my my world view was very um myopic up mm-hmm. through up through you know really much of my life um and then i would say secondly the reason i love teaching at a liberal arts college undergraduate only program is that i it's the teaching i mean there are so many people for whom being a professor is about the research or about the writing or about the profile or about the the prestige um and for me like just let me in the. Like, I would gladly take on another teaching another class if it meant I never had to do another committee assignment. <laughs> <laughs> I would gladly take on teaching another class if it meant uh, you know never expecting to publish anything else. So um, and you know like that's not the nature of the job. I do have to do service and I do have to do scholarship research and creative activity, uh, and I'm happy to do those things. I acknowledge they're part of the job, but the reason I am in the job is the teaching, it's the not teach- the not the other stuff. The other stuff, for me, is peripheral. Whereas for mm-hmm. a lot of professors at schools, uh, institutions of other types, non-liberal arts colleges, the the teaching is the periphery thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's I'll say that. And then I love teaching at a Christian college. Um, mm-hmm. I remember... I think there's a I think there's a, a perception in the broader world that teaching at a Christian college must be so restrictive but I actually find it incredibly liberating. I find mm. the freedom here to the freedom to be overtly Christian, which is who I am, mm. that is a gift. And I love that. so I don't find teaching at a Christian college restrictive in the least. I find it um, I find it incredibly liberating.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think um, even for students it probably can be a, a, a safer place even to if you're not um, Christian a believer to even come in with some more skeptical ideas to say, why? Why are you Christians? You know, yes. and maybe to have that those type of conversations.
1: Yes, exactly. And, I agree. Yeah. Um, I mean, so, anyway, I would say you know, in terms of the future, I'm pretty content.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: I don't. I think there. I think I guess there are two things that could lure me away from mm-hmm. Rochester, New York, and that would be a really Sweet deal at a great school in a great city um, <laughs> and let's face it, I mean, because of what I just said, because my priority is the teaching mm-hmm. i I'm, I'm not developing a profile for myself of that nature I'm not um my, my stature in the core music world is... Okay, right, let me just get to what I'm saying, then you can push <laughs> okay. back all you want. My stature in the world is not such that someone is going to offer me a ton of money to move to a great city and teach at their wonderful school. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I'm okay with that. We've already talked about my ambitions and my, the reason, my reasons for being a professor. Um, so that's one thing that I think could lure me away from Rochester. Not very likely to happen. The other thing that could lure me away from Rochester, I guess, would be if I had the opportunity to start a family. Mm -hmm. Um, And that, you know, I have spent the first 35 years of my life really focused on career. So, um, I honestly, I have no no experience with the starting a family thing. Mm -hmm. So, I have no idea if that opportunity were to present itself how 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 strongly or weakly it would uh i would hear that siren song mm.
0: well you know as we've stated before i mean that's why i i'm in south florida so. yeah, right right <laughs> so so yeah i mean i i think um yeah that's yeah That's that's good. I mean, that I think that's also as you shared that earlier, like um, that the reason why you came to Rochester was to be closer to your Mm -hmm. immediate family, and um, and I think that is kind of an important part as we, um, I think as we as Christians kind of think about what we want to do next, thinking about um, being close to those people we love.
1: Yes, so
0: true. Let me ask you. Let me ask you this question because more specifically um as a conductor and and as a lover lover of opera have you ever thought about um, being an opera conductor being
1: a Um yes and no um I think very briefly I have conducted opera in the past Well um, yeah you conduct and, you still conduct opera <laughs> Uh yes I do I mean but you know Opera at Robert's Wesleyan College is not Opera at the Met. Um, right. <laughs> no, Opera at, no college is Opera at the Met.
0: Um,
1: so, you know, the thing is that opera conducting as a career mm-hmm. is not the kind of teaching that I want to do. Mm,
0: okay.
1: I, I want to teach future teachers. Mm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Don't misunderstand me all conducting is teaching.
0: I mean... Right, right.
1: James Levine is a teacher, whether he wants to admit it or not. Mm-hmm. And um, and almost all music teaching involves some form of conducting. So the two of them are just not separable entities. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I... But, but it's... I want to be teaching future teachers. Um, it is always been the rehearsal not the performance that excites me the most Mm -hmm. um and i also opera conducting is like opera singing it is a an incredibly transient lifestyle i yes there's a glamour to being in a new city every week but I really like coming home to the same house most <laughs> nights and having my dog and not having to hire a dog sitter to raise her and mm-hmm. having relationships, deep meaningful relationships here in my home city. Um mm-hmm. so uh yeah, that I'm in for the, in that way, I'm really grateful that I never knew that opera conducting was even an avenue that I could pursue until it was basically too late for me to uh-huh. pursue it. Uh-huh,
0: uh-huh. You were, like, knee-deep in teaching. Well,
1: yeah. And, I mean, again, it goes it goes to how limited my horizons were, how, how myopic my worldview was. I think those were the words mm-hmm. I used earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you grow up on a dairy farm, and in rural northeastern Pennsylvania, I mean... I. it wasn't until I went to college that I heard a professional symphony orchestra. Mm. It wasn't until I went to college that I saw an opera for the first time. Um, Mm. You know, you you can't really dream about things that you don't know exist.
0: Right, right.
1: And so I didn't know that stuff like that existed. Mm. Um, I wish I had, but I also... Mm. Submit to God's wisdom, I submit to God's sovereignty. I might have desired that enough to pursue it, and I might have been a failure. I might have desired that enough to pursue it, been a success, and still been miserable.
0: Mm.
1: What I know for sure is that what I'm doing right now, I'm moderately successful and really fulfilled and happy and content.
0: Yeah. You know, I think we've talked before um, that that the, even teaching, and whether it's music or not, it's about people, right? Yes. And, and I think, I, I have to say, like moderately successful does not describe that because I, I know I came into, and I get chills kind of thinking about it. Again, I, I, I came into your second year at Delta State, and the mm-hmm. choir culture, the people culture, that you that you can you fostered there, uh, I mean, I, I I had I had not experienced that type of in, that level of intentionality in creating mm-hmm. um, a culture. I mean, like I said, I, I had great great teachers up to that point, but mm-hmm. man, that the the, the 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 intentionality I could see it, and especially after being. Um, especially after working with you now for singing for you and working with you for you know, I think maybe four years. I think now, I, yes. I, I, I see it over and over again, er, at the beginning of every year, you know, trying to bring those students the new this new students, new mm-hmm. co- um, choristers into that culture, into yes. that culture is uh-huh. um, is intentional. So. <laughs>
1: Um, sorry, someone knocked on my door. Uh, okay I no left. I don't know. I couldn't see who it was. It was a glare. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway um so I think um yeah phil i i I hear what you're saying. It is really truly the great honor of my life to be mm-hmm. involved uh in my students' lives in that way and mm-hmm. to facilitate building a culture. I think, you know, what's really satisfying is the longer I'm in a place, this is now my fourth year here at Roberts, the easier it is um, to get that ball rolling, Mm. Um, the more ownership the students take over it. I wish you were here, Phil, here at the beginning of this year. There are so many impediments to... Building those relationships when you have to be physically distanced by 12 right. feet. Right. And when you can't see half of their faces. there's mm. There are so many impediments. And yet I still really feel good about the way that our culture is developing. And I feel even better because the credit for the way the culture is developing goes to the student leaders in the group, mm. not to mm-hmm. me. You know, I feel like over the past three years, I've been setting expectations and hopefully empowering students to take Mm. ownership and and um, and facilitating sort of culture building. If you'll if you'll allow me to put it that way. Mm. Um, And now, like whereas in the beginning, in every place that I've taught in the beginning of my time there, it felt like I was pushing a boulder up a steep hill, up, up, up. And it was so heavy. Um, now, mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, this year at Roberts, I feel like the boulder is at the top of the hill, and I just have to sort of, like, flick it, and it rolls down, it rolls down. it's moving, yeah.
0: Yeah. I, 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 I think I see that, too. I remember when uh, we got there, and I won't mention anyone's name because they, we haven't gotten permission to do that, but, but I remember seeing a particular student and, um, and I, I, could, I could see in them, this is someone who could lead this choir. And mm-hmm. I, they are leading the choir now. And I think, mm-hmm. um, like you said, I see that with, with uh, I see it on Instagram. I, I see this, yes. I'm following the choir. So I see those stories. And even though there is this, you know, like you said, impediment of distance, they're still creating, there's still opportunities to yes. create Um, that community and they like you said they're doing it and that's really why I use the word foster because like you said at the end of the day that's what that's what you want to happen yes right
1: yes
0: and that's the beauty
1: oh there is beauty in that and I would can I make a shameless plug on this platform for another platform please Okay, Please. I would, you mentioned following the, the crowd's Instagram. I would encourage our listeners to follow us on Instagram. Again, I am responsible for exactly 0% <laughs> of our Instagram content. It is all student run. Yeah. Um, and I think they're doing a terrific job this year of getting what we do and who we are out there to the world. So please, dear listeners, uh, if you're on Instagram, follow us. We are at the Roberts Corral.
0: Short and sweet. I like it. Yes. We, we, and we will we will link that in our show notes. I will yes. um, figure you. out how to link that in the show notes. One thing. One thing I do. I want to um, talk about as we're talking about being teachers. I I would hear this all the time, and we don't hear it as much now but those that can't do, teach. And, you know, as kind of a dig to teachers that if you can't, if, they're, if you're not be able to be successful, if you're not able to do something successfully, you go and just try to teach it. Mm-hmm. And, and I think maybe that in, in music, that can kind of really be a stigma that if yes. you're teaching, if you're teaching singing, Oh, well, I guess you couldn't go do it yourself. That's why you're mm. teaching yeah. and and I and I think I want and I want to say to that no, no. The the teachers that I've had have been the best. Have been have have, have have achieved in their field. Um, Mr. David Ayres, he had mm. traveled. This Dr. Um, Dr. McGee, he is a a great yes. baritone. Professor yes. Fee ha- yes. had a very successful career. Um, and so I really I want us to really to, to get that out of our mind that if you can't do you teach. No Amen. doers teach. Good do people yes. who are doing it teach Amen. teach others how to do it. So.
1: Amen. Yes. And to be a great teacher, you have to be a great doer. Mm. You know there, with, with a few limited exceptions, like if you're not a great doer, if you're only a mediocre doer, then you have to be like, Organized, charismatic—like yes. you have to have all of these other things going for you. I just think it's easier to become competent.
0: <laughs>
1: oh, yeah, yeah, Phil, yeah. We've passed. We've passed about three minutes ago our forty-five minute mark. We have. So, shall we move into final segments?
0: Yes, we can. We can move. This into is final the great segment.
1: conversation. It really, it yeah. Thank you, Phil, for for yeah, just talking. Talk and shop for a little bit. It's refreshing, and hopefully, our listeners have benefited from it.
0: I hope so too. So, do you do you want to share your um, current event first?
1: Um, yeah, sure. So, I okay. mean, I'm just when I see the pictures and video from California, Oregon, Washington, the wildfires that are happening there, I, um, I. It, it, it is the pi- the pictures just defy description. I mm. can't believe it's real life. It looks like something out of a an apocalyptic movie. Um and I think I, uh, I think science denial is really dangerous. Um mm. I I'm not even trying to say that I'm not trying to defend people who have a bias. I'm not trying to claim that scientists don't have a bias i think I think we're all we all bring biases to what we do, including to our work, even when we want to be data driven um, but I think this uh, the Denial of our president, of something that is overwhelmingly agreed upon by the scientific community, um, I just think that's hubris. Mm. Um, I would rather listen to the scientists and then find out that the scientists were wrong than to disagree with the scientists knowing what I know about science. I know nothing about science. <laughs> I'm not a scientist. Like mm-hmm. So how in the world can I contradict the scientific community? I don't have the expertise to do so. And mm-hmm. so, like, like, what is our president doing denying something that, like, you know, claiming that it's going to get cooler? <laughs> I just, Phil, where does that come from? I mean... He is not a scientist. He is a real estate developer. He is a reality TV star. Like, stay in your lane. That's what I want to say.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I, I was just quick comment. It getting cooler won't stop fires from burning. <laughs> <laughs> So I will, I'm going to, I have a a climate, a weather-related current Mm -hmm. event, too, but I will say this really quick. Science and Christianity are not mutually exclusive.
1: Yes, they're completely compatible.
0: They're completely compatible. They're completely compatible. Though, I mean, we understand what God made through science. That, like, that, like, so... I'll, the great I will say...
1: scientists of antiquity were yes. Christians. Yes, yes, and yeah. I mean, I think if you find a contradiction between Christianity and science, there are only two options: your the science is flawed, okay, mm-hmm. right? fine, go back, re-examine it, yeah. or your interpretation of Christianity is flawed.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: Um, like, there's just no there's they will not contradict one another because Christianity is ultimate truth capital T and science is also truth lower mm-hmm. taste T
0: yeah yeah i i heard a i heard some a guy say uh that miracles are um only things that we don't understand like we don't have the mm. science to explain it mm. you know that's i mean that's all it is we just don't we we can't. We don't have the technology, or or maybe we. Yeah, we just can't explain it. Well, and, okay,
1: can I push back? real quick? Because we're running out of time. Yes, we, we, we. I do think. I do think we can still leave room for the supernatural.
0: Well, I mean, I'm. But I, what? What? I guess what I'm. What I want to say is not that I'm not trying to downplay the supernatural. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just saying that um, again. The supernatural does not have to be. Mutually exclusive from the natural, you know, like this. Mm-hmm. The, yeah, they right. they don't well, have I to be able, to see what you're saying. Yeah. opposed to each other. We just don't. Under, we just can't explain it. Um, my current of it, really quickly, is uh, about Hurricane Sally that is mm-hmm. um, hitting the Gulf Coast, Pensacola area, and my 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 people live west of where the storm is making landfall. So I'm thankful that they are not greatly affected. All, um, everybody that I've talked to have people on this, in the south, in the southern part of Mobile County, and people a little further north. Everybody's power is out, and so they they are affected. But um, praying for those who are more in the path, the panhandle of Florida mm-hmm. and, and Georgia and, and, and the, the eastern part of Alabama, praying for those people in the storm.
1: Yes, it is really frightening stuff. Yeah. All right, Phil, what did you learn this week?
0: I, what did I learn? Um, that you, um, you were, you were, because of your limited, um, because of your limited exposure, you really, that's why you became a teacher.
1: <laughs> well, okay. I,
0: I don't want to say because of my limited okay. exposure. <laughs> okay, but, well, I'm, I don't know. How would you say? Would you,
1: <laughs> My limited exposure prohibited me from considering many other options.
0: That that is a very nice political, <laughs> politically correct thing to
1: say. <laughs> well, you know what? Sometimes there's nothing wrong with being politically
0: correct. I will, I quickly. I'll say this very quickly. I. But f- for me, that like. Uh, uh, opening our students to rising is another thing that mm-hmm. I'm also that is also another reason why I will want to teach, yes. because so that they can know that they do have other options. So yes. go ahead.
1: Yes. Nope. I, I've said my piece, Phil. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so anything else for the good of the order?
0: Uh, did you want to say what you learned? Nothing. Nothing.
1: I learned <laughs> nothing. <laughs> 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 i am just teasing. You know, American I can't teacher. pick one I can't pick one thing though. It's Okay. This has just been a good conversation. So thank it you has. for that.
0: No, thank you. It has. Well right. listen yeah, I would just say again, listeners please like subscribe and share.
1: I'll say bye for now.
0: Adios.